quit. I don't want to do it anymore. Fuck this podcast. Sorry, everybody. It's the last episode of This Is False. It's going to be four minutes long. Get me my beer in. Oh, fuck the beer. What do we do? No wonder we're not into this. <laughs> I wish I was one of those people that had... What are those things that... Um, you know that people get sometimes? Oh, yeah. Like maybe you grew up in one at one point. They have walls. But like not an apartment. Like its own thing. You got like a roof and eavesdrops and stuff. What are they called? A mansion. Yeah. Wish I had a mansion so that I could... Uh, have a room dedicated to this shit. So I don't have to like tear up my living room every time. I'm yeah, fucking that sounds good. That podcast. sounds nice. Maybe, maybe the mansion can have some fucking air conditioning. Although it's not so bad in here today. The fan is a little loud, though. I think we should... Well, it is only, like, 26 out today instead of, like, 40, which it yeah, has Yeah, maybe been. we should turn that fan off. Oh, goddammit. What she means is I will turn it off. It went off? That's, That's what I meant. I don't know. Maybe just turn it a bit and see. What do I need to do? I'm good. I'm good. Go. I got this now stuff. You don't have a milkshake. Like, it all stretched out. Got my beer. Got your vape charging. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. What was it? How did you say it? What? Got my beer, got my vape charging, living the life of luxury. That's it. That's my Pam impression. <laughs> also, I said your name last time. I beeped it out twice and didn't beep it out once. Yeah, it's okay. It's the people good. know. The people know now. Oh, no. Sour beer. Do you like sour beer? Oh, I don't like any beer. You know this. Yeah, but have you had sour beer? Because no. you like you like, you like like that. This is basically like that. No, I don't trust Do you like sour it. things? Let me smell it. Do you Look, like sour things? Just drink it. the Rona Just, on it. Yeah. You're, you're oh my fine. god, now they're gonna know why we have if you, the Rona. If you have the Rona, I have the Rona. No, it smells bad. No. It Try smells, it. I don't like it. Put it in your mouth. Nope. Don't like it. Don't like it in my mouth. I don't know how I feel about sour beer. Sometimes I like it. This is good mm. shit, though. Side launch. Hib- no. Hibiscus sour. No. This is my pretentious douchey beer. Very, I get one, and then I'm gonna. It's not very manly. And I'm gonna switch over to uh, Sleeman afterwards. That's manly. I don't know. Is it? Well, it is because I say it is. Yeah. Well. What is man? What do you gotta like? Put your preconformed gender notions onto me. Well, you're, not, you're not being very intentional in this space right now. So, um, what is this? The fifth episode now. This is the one, right? The fifth. Yeah. This is the, this is the, uh, this is the, we're, if we're this doing the this, money maker. if we're doing this, this is, oh, yeah. well, I feel like the TJ one was the moneymaker. Not, pe- people don't listen to that one and then go, these our guys estimated, are fucking wacky. Hey, our estimated audience size keeps going up every, every week and yeah. that's fine. It's they, they eventually it's catch Bio up. finally listened. Yeah. Did he though? Are we sure about that? No, he did. Cause he messaged me and he said that he accepted my marriage proposal. Of course he did. <laughs> You didn't accept mine, Bio. Well, do you blame the guy? No. I would be an awful husband. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would be awful. Okay, I'm going to get rid of the numbers here. Uh, If um, if you're out there listening and you're like, oh, their numbers are bad, fucking get your friends to listen to this shit. What's your your problem? Yeah. If you're not helping us make money off of this, then are you really our friends? Oh, my God, you and this money thing. Nobody's Uh, making money. Okay, listen. I'm poor. And eventually this is gonna cost us money to just to do. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to money that we're gonna make. Well, like we're gonna so we're gonna be the next we're the next Chapo. Yeah, it's called accelerationism. Use the tools of tap Use the tools of capital to tear it down. We're gonna be millionaires off this shit. Fucking Chapo makes hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. We can do that. We can be Chapo, right? We're totally Chapo. 
I don't even know what that means because I haven't listened to it. Yeah, you don't know what channel is. No, I don't no. like podcasts. No, eventually. So here's my goal. <laughs> That's not true. Here's my goal. So I went on to uh, Rose City Politics Patreon page the oh, other day. Oh, Foxy. And they have 23 patrons. So if we get more than 23 patrons, then we want. Then we can quit. <laughs> yeah, then we can quit. Oh, God. Uh, 23 patrons would be enough to pay the bills. We'll do it eventually. We get to episode 10, then we'll consider it. I just need my vape juice paid for. (laughs) And maybe like a nice set of like fake boobies. Just want some, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I want some nice new teeth. I need new teeth. Oh, yeah, teeth teeth too. Luxury bones. Luxury bones. Luxury bones bones in our mouth are falling apart. Can you give us some? Please just give us money. Yeah, give us money. money. Uh, so what are we talking about today? We got, like, a weird one. Is it weird? We're recording, probably recording two episodes this week, which we're going to release not this week, because we're going to have uh, a person on, on later this week to talk about working during the pandemic. Yes. Um, so this one will release first. This one will be this week's, because that way if we talk about other stuff, it's not out of order and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, what did we do on Saturday? This past Saturday, oh, what did we do on August first? We went to the Emancipation Day celebration. We did. How was that? Um, rainy. It was rainy. It's it was very wet. It was very wet. Yeah. Um, it was very. Um, you know those. You know those Nerf footballs when you're a kid, little just the foam Nerf footballs. Yeah. 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 And remember when you like leave them out in a rainstorm? I was that Nerf football. I still feel like that two days later. Yeah. This is um, this is what getting old is. Yeah, it was very wet. It rained. It pissed rain all the whole time, mm-hmm. whole time. But it was actually really fucking cool. Lots of performers and speakers at the event that were uh, fucking phenomenal. Like, like actually, holy really shit. amazing. Some amazing poets. Can we talk about our friend, friend of the pod, TJ Travis? Yeah. Yeah. Holy, like, I've known this guy for a long time, and I've seen him do what he did on Saturday I haven't seen it that word. many times. Not in a lot of years. I haven't seen him perform. Amazing. He's so fucking talented. It is yeah. stupid. It is, it is stupid true. how good he is at that. Yeah. Even just to, like, as soon as his name is called, he, he like, saunters up to the stage all slow. Yeah. He's got this whole performance mm-hmm. thing that he does. Everything He's got about the it whole is... whole persona. Yeah. yeah, just... Incredible. Total badass. And, uh... Atomic Eric Johnson, he performed, another mm-hmm. local poet. Uh, he's the current slam champion oh, yeah. in Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. He His was stuff very was amazing. Good. Yeah, he's really good too. Yeah. And then Josh Johnson sang some songs mm-hmm. with the help of Walter Walter Senko. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Johnson's a phenomenal singer. Uh, did some Bill Withers. Yeah. Um, it was great. Yeah, lots of lots of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Linda McCurdy spoke. Leslie McCurdy spoke. Yes. One of them is a member of the Liberal Party that ran against Eric in the this primary the and last, lost. This was the last performer? She was the last speaker. I can't remember yeah. which one. I can't remember if it Lin- Linda or Leslie McCurdy. They're, they both spoke. Le- Leslie was the one who had the pre-recorded one. Oh, and yeah, hers yeah. was more okay. explicitly anti-capitalist, so yes. I think she's not the one in the Liberal Party. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I don't know for sure. I could Google it. The last speaker was... She was, yeah, she's too, great, yeah. too. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Like, whoever... The, the woman that is in the Liberal Party, I will say, like as as liberals go she's from like a very political family like okay. her father was an ndp oh, guy, okay. i think um i could google this um probably should but mm-hmm. it's fine um who else spoke there 
there was a woman from the Mohawk Nation that yeah. spoke. She did, did some uh, some poetry. Yeah. There was a few people. It was really. Uh, Her was, one poem was really awesome. Yeah, yeah she they was were, great. Yeah. yeah. They, it was at that part of it. Like the the thing is, like at that point, we we've been standing in the rain for hours, mm-hmm. and I didn't. Like, I wanted to leave on a level, but I didn't want to miss that. Right. Like, there was no part of me that was like, oh, I have to go home now. It was it was cold and it was rainy, but it was worth it. And, like, it, basically everyone stayed through the whole thing. Yeah. Every performer was There's amazing. only maybe 40, 50 people there, yeah. but, I mean, the rain killed that turnout. Yeah, the rain was, like, it was basically the rain started, like, an hour right before the march was supposed to start. Yep. And then just went, it was, like, relentless. It wouldn't stop. And it was cold rain, and it was, ugh. After two weeks of it not raining once. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, it didn't rain for them today. That's true. So there was the second march today. It was the second march at Freedom Tower, right? Yeah. They marched yeah. down to... Um, they were having a picnic at uh, Jackson Park. Yep. Which is the historic site of where Emancipation Day had been taking place. Right. The 50s and 60s and so 70s. So at least it didn't rain today. But yeah, that was... Um, it was it was cool. It was good. Yeah. I can't get over TJ. How mm-hmm. goddamn good he is. Um, Are you going to propose to TJ? I, man, I would. I don't think he'd be into it, but <laughs> he's got he's got Nina. They're yeah. engaged. And Nina's great. Right. I think she could probably take you. Like a badass power couple, those two. Yeah. I don't have any intention of homework in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing that was he who else attended the uh, well the Emancipation Day celebration. Oh, oh, uh. A whole lot of cops. Our local police force. Like the like entire the entire police force. Yeah. You know, just the, there might have been more cops than there were people in the fucking yeah, you march. Know, like forty or fifty people just talking about their life experiences peacefully and yeah, singing songs and and they were hiding around a corner. Which they were like hiding. They were hiding. Yeah, they were from sitting the like specifically out of sight and yeah. like on one side there was like. A large group of them, it, it, at the most, was six cars at one point. Yeah. And then on the other side, it was, like, four cars. And a, and a, poli- and a prisoner transport vehicle at one right. point. Right. Which was an interesting that choice. Is, it is very interesting. Interesting choice, especially considering Charles Clark Square, where, where the, the speeches were held, mm-hmm. is a block from the police station. Mm-hmm. So if they had to very quickly yeah. arrest a bunch of people, right? it's not as though they have a long way to go. Right, but they had to be there. They, they were had to ready be there. for us. With, with their, their rifles with between their, their giant rifles. Yeah. So I went up to the one cop because you know they're just hanging out all around. I'm like I'm little and white, so I'm sure they greet me nicer than they're gonna greet other people. Mm-hmm. So I just went by the little cruiser, the SUV, where the guy's just leaning back in his seat, like taking a fucking nap. Yeah. So I walked by and I just like filmed him sitting there with his little gun beside him. And by little, little gun? by little I mean it's giant. It's as tall as I am. It's yeah. like a giant fucking automatic something something. Yeah, they all have that between the seats. But the, in the SUVs, they're very visible. Well, they they can go stand fuck them themselves. They don't the need them. No, they definitely. So don't. I was just like, oh, need like a fucking this guy's sitting rifle. right around the corner from like these like black and indigenous people talking about their life experiences. So I just walked by and filmed him with his little camera and he waved at me because I'm little and white mm-hmm. so he rolled down his window I was like hey what's up Why, what do you need that big gun for and he's like oh I don't know I don't use it and I was like alright cool <laughs> I'm like okay why do you fucking have it then <laughs> uh, no like, one's saying you're using it now like it's oh sitting... hey why do you have this like oh, I probably like there. multiple thousand dollar gun just sitting yeah. there and he's like oh, I don't know we he don't did say it. I don't know he's he like said, I don't know well, I don't know why he literally there. said I posted it on our Instagram 
the video of it and it's like he just was surprised by it he's, yeah, he's oh, like why is she questioning this giant gun oh my gosh i never noticed it there I didn't even know it was there <laughs> thank you for letting me know oh god so um yeah the, it was when you went around that one corner where they're all hiding it was mm-hmm. really menacing too because mm-hmm. they're all lined up mm-hmm. in a very yeah particular way on a, on a public street they right. were taking up two both lanes of yeah. a public street yeah and then all day like Cop cars just rolling by. Oh yeah, and like, staring and mean sta- mugging. Like, like, yeah, mean mugging. Rolling hard. by like really slow and just staring at us. Like. But I will say, they did post a Happy Emancipation Day celebration on their Twitter account. Did they? Because Windsor all Police. I saw was a, no, they, a post about Civic Holiday. They, and it they, was they, the, yeah. The Civic Holiday one was really funny because it said like, "Hey, have a happy Civic Holiday." In capital letters, and then yeah. it said, um, like, oh, uh, we want you to celebrate by keeping your distance from people and wearing masks. But it was, like, extra funny because the night before I was walking downtown, and I snapped a picture of 13 cops all standing in a giant group, and not one of them had a mask on. A couple of them had a mask, but it was, like, under their chin. Which so, is, defeats the purpose entirely. Unless their chin is emitting the coronavirus, then it's yeah. not going to help anything. Um, so, yeah, that was funny, but... yeah. They disabled yeah. their picture comments, so I couldn't so they, troll them too hard. They did. They posted the happy, the happy Civic Holiday. They actually had like a like a like a picture of like Civic Holiday with the Canadian flag on it. Oh yeah. And it had the Windsor Police Services logo on top oh, of it. Oh yes, yes. So for Emancipation Day, they retweeted Drew Dilkins's oh, uh, Happy Emancipation me. Day. So interestingly enough, was Drew Dilkins at the Emancipation Day celebration? No. Was any local politician at the Eman- Emancipation Day celebration? Absolutely not. No. They might have been at the one today. I wasn't there. Yeah. But they weren't there on Emancipation Day. Right. None of them. Not one of them. I understand it's raining, but I'm sure Um, they make enough money to buy a raincoat. Well, it was raining and we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Not one of them showed up. But they all... But I don't know if they all... At least Drew Dilkins posted a happy Emancipation Day thing, but of course has no intention of actually celebrating Right. Just says the words... And the police retweet it, and, you know, at least they had the decency to show up, mind you. Well, they didn't show up to celebrate. They showed up to stand there with their big pew-pews and wait to have the opportunity to use their giant guns that they didn't know they had. Yeah. Those fuckers. So what else are they up to uh, this past week, the Windsor police? Cops? What have they been up to? What else have they done to make me mad? I don't remember. So they, um... Some someone had tagged the back of oh, the these uh, the riverfront stage oh, with uh, Black Lives Matter. I have it. I have it here. You guys are about to hear me rant. Yeah. So. <laughs> you okay over there? Yeah. It's just so fucking <laughs> insane. So so someone someone had tagged the back of the of the stage, the riverfront riverfront stage, uh, in front of the casino. Right. With uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, and then a couple tags, a couple other BLMs. Oh my God! Not really a big deal. Bring and something, in the military. Something we see all over the city, mm-hmm. all, all the time. All the time. Not about Black Lives Matter necessarily, but just tagging. Yeah. It's everywhere in every city. Imagine ever. if it. Oh my God! No. <laughs> but this this one this, this particular one, is one really upset them. Yes, to the point where the Windsor Police uh, put out a press release. Yeah. And um, said they were going to launch a motherfucking investigation yeah. about a tiny little amount of fucking spray paint. Oh, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah, like I mean, if that's what we're doing, we you know what we should do to actually really piss them off is every time we see graffiti, we should call the cops and say there's graffiti here, 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 Perfect. here, 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 Perfect. and just flood their fucking phone lines with that. Because mm-hmm. what was different about this as opposed to any other fucking tagging that happens around the city? It was promoting Black Lives Matter. Interesting. 
Exactly. Interesting. That, oh, and also, it was on uh, July 27th, a few days before Emancipation Day. Yes. So you know what I'm so, going to do? Like, I live in downtown where every fucking building is covered in denials. Oh my artwork. god, denial shit's everywhere. It's they, everywhere. Well, we should get, so, so, okay, so here's my issue with this, right? So, so a white guy has a can of spray paint. Mm-hmm. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. A black kid or something promoting fucking Black Lives Matter, then they're a vandal. Or, well, we don't know what racial... No, we don't, but they're promoting Black Lives had. Matter. Yeah, they're so, promoting So it. that message makes you... Then it's a, it's vandalism. It's a full-blown investigation. Mm-hmm. And, like, every media every media um, uh, outlet posted about it. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, I don't know if I have it up here or not. I don't think I do. No, I don't. What are you trying to find? There's, I've got it on um, my Facebook. Well, so there was a, there was a whole every every major news article or every major, major news outlet in the city mm-hmm. posted a story about that because here's the thing about the the media, and I have friends in the media, and I know they Meh. kind of agree with this, so I'm going to say it: the media is lazy as fuck. Yeah. And it's not, okay. To be fair, it's not always laziness. A lot of it We're is lazy un- a lot of it is underfunding. They don't have enough money to actually do their job properly, which is a real thing. Right. But. When they get a press release, they will report on it. Yeah. So if the police and the police know this, and right. so, the so police, they can send them whatever they want, and they right. just use it as their fucking tool. Oh. Yeah. And so they just put out a press release, and then and so like AM eight hundred reported that that it had been tagged, and they had quotes from some some fucking person who mm-hmm. like found it and was like, "It's just disgusting." I saw this, and it was disgusting. Are they okay? Do they it's need like, support? Like, do they have PTSD now? But why? Like, why? Well, I wish I had it up because like. Pull it up, you lazy bastard. No, for fuck's sake. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. So this is uh, AM800. Uh, Riverfront Festival Plaza tagged with Black Lives Matter graffiti. This is written by Gord Bacon. And, like, listen, I I know Gord. He's a friend. Uh, he's done a lot of good reporting for union stuff. He's actually yeah. been one of the few yeah. people who does, who does, like, do a good job yeah. at stories. So I'm not blaming him for this. I don't know, Gordon. I don't know. <laughs> But it, this is the this is the story. So Windsor's Riverfront Festival Plaza has been vandalized in the name of the Black Lives Matter movement. Images posted to Facebook Sunday show quote BLM and quote Black Lives Matter spray painted throughout the interior of the stage at the foot of McDougal Street and Riverside Drive. Joe Basico posted the photos. Fuck and al- you, Joe. Yeah, seriously. Joe Basico posted the photos and alerted the city to the issue on his morning bike ride. Quote. This morning, I unfortunately saw this disaster, and it breaks my heart because everybody goes there. They don't want to see that, he says. Uh, he tells AM800 News uh, public property is not the place for to graffiti political statements. Quote, to do it uh, to your own property, you can do that. But in an area where people go out every day and they see that, you don't get your point across doing that because... Uh, it might shift attention away from it. So okay, like for one, okay. So here's what I want to. Is talk this the about. first time this motherfucker's seen graffiti? Like fuck you, Joe. Okay, what's the difference between this graffiti and every other graffiti? Let's compare. Okay, so when all of that bullshit was going on in Amherstburg, there was a protest for the swastika lawn guy, right? Um, so somebody had gone to his house, and on the public sidewalk, they wrote with chalk, and um, they wrote "Black Lives Matter" on the on the sidewalk in Amherstburg. Mm-hmm. So when I was there. A, a truck came by, a city truck. The town, town like, of Amherstburg? Yeah, yeah, sorry. So a water truck came, and they they had two fucking guys working, and they sp- sprayed and cleaned off the chalk off the sidewalk. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, And they were like, well, we're just doing our jobs. And I was like, that's fair. Okay. Mm. 
Is it? I mean, it's not. Like, if I was them, I would have been like, oh, yeah, who else whoops. said that? Ran out of ran out of time. <laughs> didn't get to that. Interesting that they're not. They don't chop. seem to have a problem with the swastika, in the but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, they were like, well, we were just told to come here and do it. Whatever. I didn't harass them too much. So I got in touch with the mayor. And he was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. The Aldo. mayor, Aldo DiCarlo. You know what? Who will say. Here's the thing. I like Aldo. He he seems cool so far. I, I know Aldo I, from back in the day. He was he a union organizer. He has not organizer. given me a reason to yell at him. Yeah. And I appreciate that about him. He was a union organizer back in the day and quite a vicious one. So what he, was he did was he was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And he figured out that it was actually the police um, station that ordered the water truck and had it go had it be removed and he put a thing out and said it will not happen again if that message is written in chalk anywhere or anything like that it will not be removed and he made that clear oh you know what if if uh, again if friends of reno Bur- Bur- birkenstocks or chris Something holt like that. Uh, if they're listening uh, that is that is one of the ways as a politician that you can you can support movements yeah and people yeah, I know it's a very it, small. It it's a like, small symbolic token, but man, it was it's really a lot different from what we get here in because, Windsor, isn't like, it? I've talked to Aldo a couple times, and I was like, "Oh, here." And you're we not go. one of his constituents, even. No, you live in Windsor. No, he knows that too. So I messaged him <laughs> about that, and he was like, "I'm going to get to the bottom of this." He got back to me. He was like understanding. He let me know his position on it, and and worked with what people wanted. And I was like, "Damn, damn." And I, he he's probably not cool. perfect. He's a politician. Oh, of course. So, you know. Yeah. We'll yell at him at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he, he 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 seems cool. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's uh, just it's just to illustrate. Either way, like, it's funny, like, the difference in how it's handled. Right. Yeah. Because, again, if you live in any city or town anywhere in the world, there's graffiti all over the goddamn place. Literally all over this entire fucking city and i'm not saying like the city went down the next day and removed it because that's what they do right but that that's fine right what was the big goddamn deal why is there an investigation why is there news stories like, why is joe basico fucking talking about what who a disaster is it is what is this guy who is he what is they don't want to see that his heart it breaks oh. his heart it breaks his heart to see a message that black lives matter it breaks his heart to see fucking spray paint on a wall what are we talking about here joe if only that was like my biggest issue in life Anyway, let me X that out. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> fuck you, Joe Basico. I don't know you, but fuck you. Um, but yeah, so if you ever want a really fun activity, anytime you see... This is why getting Twitter and being on Twitter is pretty good, because you get the press releases from the police before anything hits the news. Uh, and yeah. then if you compare the press releases that the police put out to the news that's put out, you will find eerie similarities. Oh my God, guess what I got today on Facebook? Hmm. I got my top fan badge. For the Windsor Police Services Facebook. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> so now when I yell at them on Facebook, it's going to say top fan. Oh my god. I'm so excited about this. Facebook is such a fucking funhouse so mirror of awful. Oh my god. Hilarious. Oh my god. Um, anyway. So speaking of um, shitty people being offended by things in their neighborhood... Well, I was going to... So, I was, before we move on... Oh, okay. Can we... Um, so, so I just want to contrast that Black Lives Matter uh, graffiti yeah. story to our boy, Sergeant Steve Betteridge. Oh, okay. Who's a Windsor this? police officer who... Uh, the, the Blackburn News Essex put out a, a story about how police have made an arrest in connection with theft of yard tools oh, from a home this. earlier in the week. 
so contrast what we just talked about with this. This is Steve Betteridge puts out the, puts out a tweet linking the article, and he says a perfect example of the system working as it should. Mm. Victim reports crime. Matter investigated by police. Police spread word to community. Community locate suspect and contact police. Police respond, locate, and arrest suspect. Thumbs up. Thank you, YQJ, uh, for the trust and faith in your police service. Here's some copaganda right there. Holy shit. First of all, what the fuck are we talking about here? Garden tools? Stolen garden tools? I'm going to kill myself. That's what we're talking about? Garden tools. From, From South Windsor, South Walkerville. Very, not, I won't say it's a wealthy neighborhood because it's definitely mixed income, but it's there's a lot of wealthy people out there, quite a few in fact. Right, it's like Ypres and. But if you somewhere. take away their garden tools, what will they do? I mean, listen, it sucks to have your shit stolen. I'm not. I mean, it fucking, does. Like, like my favorite sweater got stolen out of my car, like yeah. two years ago, and I think about it all the time. I miss it. It was so comfy. Yeah. It's my favorite band sweater. I can't find it again, and like I'm really sad. Propagandi. Yes. Yeah. Like Propagandi, if you're listening. Did you know that... Uh, Send me a sweater. Did you know that the Weaker Thans guy was in pro- Propagandi back in the day? I did not know that. I didn't that. know that. John K. Simpson. I didn't was. know that. That's Check good to know. But listen, I miss my sweater, okay? But, but also, I didn't call the cops. <laughs> but even then, like, this the, this is the perfect example of how police should work, is to protect your fucking garden tools from your shed. Not and not any of the other shit that you... This is, this is what we're going to point to. And just like... And also, just listen to the way he says this. Victim reports crime, matter investigated by, by police. Police spread word to community. Community locates the suspect. Yeah, the, that's the thing, too. The it police a, didn't even fucking locate the guy. It was a bunch of snitches. Don't be a narc with garden tools, all right? If somebody steals garden tools, they're probably Go to the dollar you. store and get more of them. Go to Canadian Tire and buy some more fucking garden tools. Support your local economy, jagoffs. Like you're going to die without your rototiller? $400 worth of garden tools, though. Well, you know what? Like, okay, that sucks. Like, fuck you if you can afford four hundred dollars worth of garden tools. <laughs> I just, I like again. Those two things came out. Nothing about um, that is perfect. Nothing about two days from each other. Nothing about somebody being so poor that they're stealing garden tools makes any system perfect. And yeah. when there's some fucking South Windsor person. That's like, oh, my garden tools are stolen. And then all of a sudden, the fucking whole police force mobilizes. Yeah. Let's look at How what is the, that a perfect system? Let's look at what they mobilized for. To go after graffiti teens. Right. To, uh, who have who have the, have the audacity to claim yeah. that Black Lives Matter. Uh, they go after people who steal garden tools and they and they sit outside of a fucking Emancipation Day protest. But when I call them and say hey, some guy was just jerking off in his car looking at me walking down the street. Yeah. They're like, well, what the fuck do you want us to do? Yeah. Or, we got or, garden tools to find. Or a friend who was pinned to the ground by a stranger in the middle right. of the night on, right. on the street. Oh, these motherfuckers. Uh, they, they, that guy still walks around in the same neighborhood right. where she lives. Right. And, yeah. and it's, But the garden tools are safe, though. Oh, fuck me. Fuck the police. Yeah, I don't have to say it every too. episode. We spend a lot of our time. We should just rename this to This is Police. Fuck the, fuck the police. Anyway, so that's that. Let's move on. You were segueing to something. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Oh yeah, so gotta sip that. You're running out. You're getting drunk no. already. Right. I mean, I am a little bit because I didn't eat much today, but I'm not. I'm only halfway. <laughs> you had through. poutine eight minutes before you started drinking. I didn't that. even eat it all, and that's all I've ate today. It's like nine o'clock. <sighs> okay, so um, we were going to talk about um, just some, you know, good old gentrification. 
Yeah, that's so. We'll have lots of episodes about gentrification, so I don't want to get bogged down in like explaining what it is and going into theory and shit. We, right. I, we can do that. I mean, we time. can explain what it is a little bit. Well, sure. I mean, I think most people know what some idea of what gentrification is. I think that a lot of people don't really know what gentrification is. No. I th- okay, so <laughs> I think a lot of people like think gen. Okay, so um, talking about Detroit. Yeah, I think a lot of people look at gentrification, and they, especially in Windsor, they look at Detroit, right? So mm-hmm. everyone looks at Detroit, and they're like, "Oh, it's so much nicer now. Mm. Um, us white people can go walk down the sidewalk, and like we feel safer. It's so pretty now. There's all these nice condos New and these facade. like nice gardens everywhere, yeah. and all these all nice these little old cafes buildings that have been restored. Yeah, like it looks so nice New when you buildings, walk down there. Little artisan cafes and taco shops. Yeah. And- so gentrification is just basically the process by which um, people are displaced through uh, increasing property values, essentially. I mean, there's more to it than that, Well, but I that's, think that's essentially the, I, the gist of it. Well, yes. I mean, it's the means by which that happens as well. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at gentrification, they think like, oh, like community improvement. But yes. There's a very clear distinction between like community improvement and gentrification and like revitalization and gentrification. Yeah. Like, uh, gentrification is what happens when you revitalize the area to a point where the residents can no longer afford to live there. Yeah. Uh, gentrification, I think sometimes, uh, I've, I've heard l- local libs, for instance, talk about how gentrification isn't a bad thing always. Right. It is. The it, thing is, gentrification is. is not a neutral term. Right. It is a negative term. Yes. Community revitalization and improvement... Right. ...is a neutral term. Exactly. <laughs> when you're just... When you're improving an area, it means you're improving it for the people that live in that area. And when you're gentrifying it, it means that you're you're changing it in a way that the residents will no longer be able to live there. And you're looking to bring in a different mm. class of, of person. Yeah. A so, different income level. So um, we'll get into... So I think maybe the way... Maybe the best way to do it is to get into some examples of what of what we're talking about. So the first one is something that if you're, if you've lived in Windsor for longer than a year or two, you probably know about this one. You probably know something about this whole thing, the mega hospital. Right. For those who maybe aren't from Windsor, aren't aware of what's going on. We do have a lot of listeners. Only 60% of our listeners are from Windsor. I'm just saying 40% of the people listening to this are not in Windsor. So maybe we got to sometimes get a little bit of like, yeah, here's what's going on here. Sucks here. Don't come here. (laughs) It's all right. Hate it. It's all right. But um, so, so the mega hospital is this project that, um, that, that is building this brand new state-of-the-art massive hospital out uh, way the fuck out at the outskirts of the city on, mm-hmm. high, on County Road 42 near the airport. Yeah. Um, if you're from St. Catharines, and I know at least one of our listeners is from St. Catharines, this, this, this happened in St. Catharines. This has already happened in St. Catharines. Oh, they, okay. they, they closed their two or three inner city hospitals and built yeah. a huge hospital out by the 401, or the, not the 401, the QEW or whatever. Oh, okay. And that's essentially what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. We have two remaining inner city hospitals, yeah. Hotel Dieu and the Met Hospital, right? that are both in the city's core. They're mm-hmm. in Ward 3 and 4, respectively. Mm-hmm. Vital areas. Yeah downtown in walkerville south walkerville Mm -hmm. um and those are both going to be closed in favor of this mega hospital right (laughs) now there's a lot to talk about here and we don't need to get into all Mm -hmm. of it because this is something we i like what i would like to do is have like uh uh philippa do you know her from from camp the camp movement citizens 
against the mega hospital plan, I think. Oh, okay. Um, or a citizens for an accountable mega hospital plan, something like that. Yeah. Um, I would like to have Philippa on the, to talk about. She's been working on this for like a decade. Oh, okay. And like, so, so they'll know more than us. Oh yeah, she's very aware of all this stuff, and she's okay. she's good to talk to. Nice. And there's lots of other people that are involved mm-hmm. with camp that we could bring on. Cool. But they're building this hospital out there. Yeah. Now, the city's population density is quite all over the place, but it is largely speaking concentrated uh, north of the EC Row Expressway. Right. So. In wards five, four, three, and two. Yeah. Um, those also happen to be what? Like what? What would you say? Uh, what, what's the other thing that characterizes those areas as opposed to other areas of the city, say south of the EC Row Expressway? Well, uh, lower income. Yeah. Is that where we're going with That's this? That's where we're going. Imagine that. Class composition. Mm-hmm. It's quite different. Mm-hmm. Especially in ward two and three, the right. two the two poorest wards. Yeah. In uh, in in fact, in the entire county. Right. Um, except for in Leamington. There might mm. be something else going on in Leading Gym, possibly yeah. migrant workers, perhaps. That could be a thing out there, yeah. Um, so, the hospital is literally in the opposite corner of the city from Ward 2 and 3. Yeah. It is, it is far away as you can possibly get from the poorest people in this city yeah. without leaving the city entirely. Mm-hmm. In fact, like if you, if you said that, if you said, well, here's where all the poor people live now, Where's the furthest point away from them? And you gave a map to a child. It would be that spot. Yeah. Now, we're told that that's not a coincidence. Of course it's not a coincidence. But um, I'm reading this book. Sorry if I'm talking a lot. Are you you allowing me to talk a lot? Just tell me to shut up if I need to shut up. No, you're good. You can talk. I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) So, Samuel Stein. Yes. I uh, wrote this book called Capital City, Gentrification and the Real Estate State. I recommend it highly. Verso Books is where you can get it. It's a left-wing book publishing thing. They have great sales on right now. They're giving away books for crazy cheap because they know people want to read, and these are left-wing titles that are like really political. So if you're looking for a cheap book, go check it out. Are they sponsoring us? Maybe. Cool. Maybe someday. That'd be great. We should talk to them. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so this book is, is awesome. I haven't worked my way through it entirely yet, but... In here, it talks about gentrification and gentrification cycles. Yeah. Um, and basically, with, without getting too crazy into it, uh, gentrification happens in these, these pretty predictable cycles. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, not a new thing. Gentrification has, of course, happened in American and Canadian and European cities all over the world, yeah. really. Continuously. For decades. Yeah. And it's just a way for capital to move around. Yeah. So the first stage is often called the investment stage. Mm-hmm. The manufacturing investment stage. Right. Where you have an area where a lot of low-income people live. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers, like factories and things like that, they love these areas. Mm-hmm. And they want to buy up land while it's low. And they want to keep value land value low in mm-hmm. these areas because that encourages more low-income people to live there, which, of course, gives them a nice fluid workforce. Right. Nice, exploitable, poor workforce. So that happens for a while. And then trade agreements and different things come into play, and suddenly that company, that factory, is wooed out of an area. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go to a different country, maybe a different um, municipality somewhere else in the province or wherever. And then you enter the second stage, which is the divestment and abandonment stage. Mm-hmm. So those poor people now still live there because it's the only it's like cheap to live there, but now their job is far away. Right. So they have to rely on public transit to get to work. 
they're probably commuting like an hour, hour and a half a day. Mm-hmm. Some of them probably move away because they're going to go somewhere else where there's a job. So land value at this point just hits, just goes down and down and down and down and down because there's no jobs. There's no place for people to work. And that, uh, there maybe, maybe there were schools and hospitals and things that existed there, but now they're being moved out to different areas of the city in a process that's often called planned shrinkage. Mm-hmm. where they move out essential <laughs> services like Benson School over here Shrinkage. in the West End and like the hospital site in the West End. There were two West End hospitals right. at one point. They're yeah. both gone. Yeah, The remaining two core hospitals will also be gone soon in the next seven years. Is that the time frame that they're saying now? I think so. Yeah. So, so then you have the abandonment stage. People start to leave. You get a lot of abandoned buildings. You get abandoned factories and all this kind of stuff. And suddenly you've got... Like, land value is hitting rock bottom, which is great news for developers who come in and they maybe encourage cool artists to come in and move into these old factory lofts and fix them up and make them into cool studio living spaces. You get some middle class people who maybe want a cheap home who come in and buy an old brownstone or an old wartime house and they fix it up and they make it real nice. And... Because it's really cheap, and why wouldn't you want to live there? It's cheap as hell. It's mm-hmm. cool. And yeah, there's some crime and some people around that are not so desirable, but uh, hey, you know what? We'll move here because it's cheap, and we'll make it better. Then the city turns around and starts investing in those places. Maybe they put a park or a celestial beacon or, Starbucks you know... Starbucks and, like, an old factory. Starbucks and an old factory. Uh, maybe they would put, like, a... Uh, some of these are Windsor examples directly. Yeah. Maybe they would put a the housing development, a nice condos. Yeah. Um, and then you have gentrification. So the people who lived there before, now their rents are too fucking high, and they right. have to leave. And so they have to go somewhere else. And where is a perfect example of where this stage has happened in the last couple of years in Windsor? So this is happening right now in the West End. It's happening all over the city. Right, but that stage uh, happened a couple of years ago in Walkerville. Well, it's happened. So what happened in Walkerville in the forties? Well, it happened in Walkerville again a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a kind of ongoing process, but it really right. ramped up in the forties yeah. at the expense of Ford City. Right. Which now we're seeing these attempts to gentrify Ford City. Exactly. With Grand Cantina tacos and twenty dollars. Like those tacos are good. They're delicious, but they're twenty dollars. Come on, they're twenty dollars. And like artisan coffee shops, not yeah. for the people who live there because no, they the can't thing. afford that. It's never that. for the people that live no. there. It's for the people that they want to bring in. Yeah. Infuriating. And and downtown right now is like. Mm-hmm. It's happening all over the city. Yeah, it is. Windsor is Windsor as a whole is a manufacturing like town that's that's seen manufacturing yeah. leave. So we're in the abandoned. We've been in the abandonment disinvestment right. stage for quite a long time, and now we're seeing this other thing happening. Right. Where all these people are coming from other places and buying up yeah. land and renting it out. And, and it's happening in, like, multiple places in the city. So now it's at the point where, like, I live downtown. And it's, it's, and I've lived downtown mostly for the last, like, oh, my God, like, well, 15 years now, I guess. Oh, my God, mm. I'm old. Yeah. Fuck. Sure. Well, um, I, like, basically, I can't afford to live downtown anymore. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Downtown is just... Oh, they've got a plan for down there. Mm-hmm. And if we ever moved, our rent would... Oh, my God. I like, could I can, never We move. can't move. We, no, that's the thing, because there's not even areas of the city where rent is still cheap. No. Normally, this happens, you get shuffled over to a different area. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way Windsor is right now, it's like, where the fuck do people go? There's nowhere. So if you're from Toronto and you're listening to this, I can almost hear your Crimea River <laughs> yelling at the uh, at the speakers right now. And I understand Windsor is still a very cheap place to live as compared to compared almost anywhere to in Ontario. Um, yeah. 
But here's the thing. Windsor has the highest raising, highest rent increases over yeah. the last three years of any place in Canada. We're on our way Canada. to We're on our way to Toronto. It's yeah. Not and far behind. We've um, so just between 2018 and 2019, 15 percent, 15 percent increase in rent, and another 7.7 percent to this year. Yeah. And this year's not over yet. So I my building that I live in, I've lived in that building a few times over the years. And I'm in a bachelor apartment right now, and it's six fifty a month. And just three years ago, it was four fifty for that apartment. Yeah, I'm living in this one bedroom apartment in the West End in a fairly nice building, but not like palatial by any means. It's just mm-hmm. sort of a normal building. Yeah. Um, when I moved in here in 2015, uh, it was six hundred fifty dollars. I'm now paying seven oh two something with the increases, two point two percent per yeah. year or whatever. Um. And now this this very apartment would go for eleven fifty. Yeah, it's fucking wild. It is almost doubled in five years. Yeah, and that's that's normal. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's fucking bonkers. And like now it's at the point where these buildings are going to be like trying to kick people out, which yeah. is what happens when this when this when the values go up like this. Mm-hmm. They start looking at how can we get these fucking people out. We don't want them living in the seven hundred dollar apartment. Ignoring their service calls. So they're gonna ignore any. Up, like um, upkeep any like issues. They're not going to come and fix the shit that you need fixed. But then some big um, like rental companies and stuff have actually, and especially in Toronto, this is a thing that's been happening to people. Is they'll say, oh, this person's paying seven hundred dollars. We can we can rent this apartment for twelve hundred. So let's offer this poor person an incentive to get them the fuck out of this apartment. Mm-hmm. And they'll go to they'll go to every apartment. And they'll say, if you move, we'll give you $2,000. Yeah. And they'll try to get all the tenants to move out. And then they empty out the building. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, they're going to offer you that money. They're going to offer you that money after they've been ignoring your phone calls for a year. Yeah. And you're sick of being there. And there's bed bugs in the building. Mm-hmm. And everything's fucking falling apart. They're going to wait until you're at your wit's end. And then they're going to say, okay, here's your out. Here's your mm-hmm. $2,000 to get the fuck out of here. And they're going to redo it. And they're going to charge yeah. double for it. Yep. And, and we're going to see that happening here soon. Well, what happens here already? I yeah. mean, it's happening in our, in our friends' building up the end of the street. It's mm. happening in this building. Every time someone moves out, they renovate the apartments. Yeah. Um, and that's what they justify is charging double for them. Um, we got a little bit off <clears throat> off track because the, the hospital was sort of the, the, the initial thing. So oh, sorry. We did say... I said words. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we, said, we wanted to be conversational. It's fine. Yeah. But we said um, a couple weeks ago... We talked about how when the local libs do well... Oh, my voice cracked there. When the local puberty. libs do well. Puberty. Uh, well, well, they do well. He's, doing a, he's going through the puberty, guys. I don't know why I sound like uh, Jimmy Stewart there. But <laughs> oh, oh, what's going on? Um, I need to shut up. Okay, focus. Um, yeah, I need more Vivants. Get it in my veins. Um, <laughs> so we said that we were going to give out gold stars to the local oh, yeah. libs when they did well, when they do a good thing. What, who did when good? They do a good. Oh, well, no, we can't. No, I can't. It'll hurt me. Okay, we're not going to give out gold stars. We'll give out... Bronze. We'll give out... Remember Blue? Did you ever have... It was like like the era of participation in the mid-90s. It was gold, silver, bronze, and blue. And blue was just participation. <laughs> <laughs> but you still got a ribbon. Um, oh, I never so we'll give out a blue those. star. <laughs> a blue star. Because... When it comes to the hospital issue, the mega hospital issue, I will oh, say, I, I will say, and I, I want to say this. I quit the podcast. No, no, because it needs to be said. Our local libs that we've shat on more than anyone else, Reno Bur- Birkin, Far- Mark and Farmington, 
um, and and Chris Holt and Fabio Costante are all very much against the mega hospital project. They want new hospital investment to be made in the city's core, which I agree with entirely. We're not against hospitals. We love them. More new hospitals. Put fucking hospitals everywhere. God damn it. But keep them in the city's core. They do actually, we're, we're on the same side as them in this particular case, so we gotta say that. Yeah. I want them to know that. I love you, Reno. You did good this time. Now, you're, it could also be because you these, were a good boy. these local libs are in the wards that are most <clears throat> hurt by this, of course. The, the three well, wards. Well, when have they ever cared about that before? <sighs> well, in this case, they do. So, for whatever reason, they get a blue star. Um, but also, Rose City Politics. Because they oh, had, think. last week, this week, they had uh, Julian Villafuerte on. Did you practice saying that last name? I would I watch right a lot now. of baseball, all right? Oh, okay. So I can do the I can do the Latinx names. Okay. Uh, the Via Fuerte. I like yeah. that. I like the sounds of it. Yeah. So Julian Julian's pretty badass. I don't know him at all. Mm-hmm. All I know is that he worked for Hackforge, which is like a local nonprofit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which you know nonprofits, we can have a whole episode yeah. dedicated to why yeah. they suck. But yeah. either way, Julian's a very smart guy who wrote a column in the Windsor Star. We're getting stormed on. Yeah. Power it's been wild out. out there. Power goes out. We're gonna have to. <clears throat> Stop this recording. Oh, oh my goodness. Shit, oh, I like it. Let's get some fucking tornadoes. Don't say that. My dog's at home alone right now. Yeah, my cats are already freaking out. They're gone. Riley. Um, but but so Julian Villafuerte came on and talked about his column he wrote in the Star, which is actually a very, very good column. And I wanted to, like, read this. So so I wanted to give Rose City Politics some, some credit here because they brought him on and they let him say his thing. Are and they, they actually. Give us credit? They also agree with him. Uh, um, well, at least John Leakey does. I don't know about the other two. Um, but so this is an interesting, interesting thing. So it opens up with this column, which is called uh, an inclusive, equitable reset is needed on mega hospital process. And it's under reader letters. It's a guest column. Couldn't give him a real columnist thing. But uh, it says, I think practically everyone in Windsor, Essex agrees on the importance of investing and in modernizing our local health care system. But it's clear that after over five years of divisive community conversation on the mega hospital topic, most of us who are aware about the current plan are unenthusiastic about it. If this were not true, the Windsor-Essex Economic Development Corporation, or WEEDC, um, would not have launched the We Can't Wait, a publicly funded campaign to try to demonstrate the level of public support required to get this generational project funded by the Ontario government and built. He goes on to talk about how quite rightly, this is being moved away from the poorest people in the city, mm-hmm. from people of color. Right. He talks about the systemic racism built into these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a really good article. Yeah. And we'd see, he's, he's right, and they talked a bit about this on, on Rose City Politics, but here's where the local libs fail. They like their careers. Right, and that's, yeah, okay. And yeah. they talk about, on that podcast, they talk about, did we just lose it all? Mm, we did lose it for a second. We're back now. But is is our recording gone? Yep. It oh dropped my out for my a second. My window is open at home. This is... I've never seen... The power hasn't gone out in this place in forever. My window's open. Oh, no. Oh, God. It's going to be so rainy in my apartment. Yeah, oh. it's a brutal storm it out there. You know, We're going to pause so we can watch yeah. the storm. We'll come back. Stay tuned. We'll put in some transitionary music here. 
days later. We're back. We almost died. There was a fucking tornadic thunderstorm outside. We've been gone for 40 minutes, and now more of my beer is gone, so in podcast time, I'm going to be all of a sudden more drunk. Um, so that that might derail some things. We were talking about... Yeah, what Ju- were you even we were, talking about? We were talking about Via Fuerte's article on, oh, yeah, um, yeah. on the Windsor Star. And so so what I wanted to get into a little bit... Who are you texting there? Who are you thumb punching I'm, there, buddy? I'm posting this ugly picture of you. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so you admit it's ugly. Yeah, it's ugly. You're a monster. I know this. The world should know. Wow, this is a distracted episode. Um, yeah, which is all right. Yeah. It's all right. This is what we are. Sorry, folks. This is what we are. We, we are both. We both have ADHD. Yeah, we're both very, very ADD and very depressed and anxious. So like, yeah. it's bound to happen. We, we both have a list of mental health issues. So. We're, on, we're on the left, and we're of a certain age. Yeah. That's really all that needs to be said. Um, but anyway, so what it, the reason I wanted to really bring this up is because I wanted to talk about this W E E D C or Weed C. All right. You with me? Weed. <laughs> you just weren't listening at all. <laughs> Do you remember what weed weed C was? Uh you don't. Something, okay. something. So so the weed C is the Windsor Essex Economic Development Corporation. Yes, yes that, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this a little bit. So mm-hmm. they released a campaign called We Can't Wait. W E. Yeah, I remember this. Wait. Yeah, grass it's like framed as like this grassroots movement of people who just want a hospital but it's really this like fucking propaganda thing why do you want to deny us our hospital hey people you, are gonna die people complained about this voice and told you you weren't allowed to use it anymore no that's the cop voice poor cops that's that oh, one that's God. a different voice <laughs> <laughs> so nobody uh, listen i can't speak for you mm-hmm. but i've been against this fucking mega hospital thing since before it was even a thing yeah and i I am very pro-hospital. Is there anyone who's fucking not in the world? Um, I'm very upset about this. I, I, I don't know. Because they're, they're framing... There, there might be somewhere, but um, they're stupid. They're framing so. the argument yeah, as, like, basically pro-hospital like, oh, and like, anti-hospital. If you don't want this hospital in the middle of fucking bumfuck Idaho, then you just m- must want people to die instead of go to the hospital like i will say that the idea of one hospital anywhere in the city is kind of fucking stupid yeah there should be the multiple city is so hospitals. spread out yeah exactly anywhere you put it even if you put one huge giant fucking hospital right. in the middle of the downtown core that's not good either no it's better than they need it's to be better than the old it's better than what they're doing but put put a hospital out there don't make it the only hospital for fuck's sake well, put a hospital like people put are saying well, the, the county is underserved i right. agree yeah and that's fair build a hospital in tecumseh right with Tecumseh tax dollars, right. Tecumseh can pay for the infrastructure to put it there. Why the fuck are we? Why the fuck is Windsor's tax money going to build the infrastructure? Because they got to build roads and sewers and right. fucking power lines and gas lines and everything else to go out there. Right. And and that's not yeah, that's not cheap. And it's literally going to kill people. Yeah. And who's it going to kill? Poor, Poor people. people. And people of color. Yeah. Who, by the way, you can't talk about class without talking about race. Exactly. Yeah. They are ostensibly and forever linked. Of course. So, yes. It is racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're building this fucking hospital out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So the thing about Weed C, though, is that this is a publicly funded organization mm-hmm. who should not be engaging in partisan propaganda. Right. And let me tell you a little bit about Weed C. So if you go to Weed C's website, mm-hmm. uh, the About Us section, 
the Windsor Essex Economic Development Corporation is a not-for-profit organization supported by the City of Windsor and the County of Essex and is responsible for ad- advancing economic development to grow and sustain prosperity in the region. <laughs> the main focus of the organization is develop and execute strategies to retain, <clears throat> expand, attract, and help start up new businesses in Windsor-Essex region. Are hospitals businesses? Apparently. So besides the fact this is a partisan effort, right? why the fuck are they weighing in on something that has, like, well, it doesn't have nothing to do with businesses, as we'll get to with gentrification. Right. But this is not an economic issue. This is a public health issue. Yes. The two things should be kept separate, in my opinion, and they often are not. Of course not, because... The other thing about um, Weed Sea, mm-hmm. the board of directors... Oh, dear God. I don't know this, so lay it on me. Okay, so... That's what she said. The chair is Tom Bain. Who's, who's that? Mayor of the town of Lakeshore. Oh. The vice chair is Chris Savard, who's the general manager of Devonshire Mall. Okay. Uh, the past yeah. chair is Tall... Sudsner, uh, who's the vice president of Landscape Effects Group. Hmm. Uh... The director is none other than our boy, Drew Dilkins, mayor right. of Windsor, who's been very pro-mega hospital from the start. Of course. Um, the Another director is the is Kevin Laforet, uh, who's a regional president and CEO of Caesars Entertainment and Caesars Windsor. So basically a bunch of people that shouldn't <laughs> speak on where a hospital should go. Or who shouldn't be getting paid. They're getting paid by us. Yeah. We're paying these fucks to sit on this board. Paul J. Masternardi, director... Uh, he's the owner of Red Sun Farms and the Master Nardi family, a very rich and wealthy family in this area. Thomas O'Brien, Cooper's Hawk Vineyards. Can I just say something? <laughs> if you say another fucking man is on this fucking board of fucking probably mostly white dudes. Yeah, there are some women on here, but they're from the Sauls Family Foundation and Rico International Group. Uh, this this is a board of rich, wealthy people. Right. Um I don't know the racial makeup of everyone, but I'm assuming majority or entirely white is probably pretty safe to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know with Tom Bain, Chris Savard, Drew Dilkins, Kevin Lafayette, Paul Masternardi, Thomas O'Brien, Peter Roth, they're all white, and that's the majority of the board right there. Um, so this, you're saying that rich white men. So this is one of those organizations that... This Let me is, complain these, about rich white men. Okay, complain about no, rich I'm white men. No, I'm good. Go ahead, it. go ahead. I was just going to say, so these, these organizations, these not-for-profits, these publicly funded things mm-hmm. that are in the economic interest are the chief engines behind uh, gentrification in the sense that they are often the people who benefit from it right? as listing off those companies. Um, and they're the ones that sort of grease the wheels for developers to make money. And of course they do because they are themselves rich fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they had a AstroTurf campaign a fake grassroots campaign to like mm-hmm. push the idea that there's a lot of public support behind the mega hospital when they're really it's unclear what the public support is because mm-hmm. most people either don't know about it or are against it right <laughs> that much we do know um there has been almost no public consultation which is very typically windsor and we've mm-hmm. talked about that in the mm-hmm. past put out a fucking couple survey monkeys and call it community consultation right um so i wanted to bring up a story i know again i know i'm talking a lot but oh my god he never stops guys but I had so a, a couple of years ago during the last municipal election, um, there was a man named Matthew Marshand who mm-hmm. was running against Drew Dilkins, and he was seen as the progressive alternative. And let me tell you, folks, not 
in any way progressive. This guy, if he had a beaten Drew Dilkins, which he got crushed by Drew Dilkins, um, had he beaten Drew Dilkins, he he's like more right wing than Reno and Chris. Mm. He's a liberal. Ugh. He used to serve in the administration of the former mayor before Francis. I forget his name. Yeah, something. Who, who fucking cares? Um, so this guy Matthew Marchand, he wanted to meet with me or a friend of a mutual friend of ours put us in contact because he wanted me to help him with his downtown plan. Oh, his okay. plan for the downtown. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't really giving him a lot. I gave him a lot of my research and stuff like that. And he was essentially he was fishing for my endorsement. Oh, okay. Um, and I wouldn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. But w- the one thing he was very honest with me about in that meeting was I asked him where he stood on the mega hospital plan. And he didn't give me an answer. He did the very typical liberal thing. Well, well, it's happening either way. So uh, I don't really have an opinion. Yeah. But what's interesting is he said, even if I did oppose it, it wouldn't matter. That is and some I said, bullshit. Well, no, no. And I said, I, said, well, I said, well, what do you mean? And this is where the honesty Ugh. came out. Okay. But he's being honest and he's right. Okay. He's absolutely correct. Wouldn't matter because he said developers have us all bent over their knee. Mm-hmm. He said those exact words. Right. It was the most, one of the most honest moments I've ever heard from a politician. That, that is refreshing. Yeah. But, it, it, but also it is bullshit because even if they have everyone bent over their knee, kind of sexy, but so... <laughs> You, you still should say they are pleasure factories for developers we've talked I about know, this I know we have talked about this and he knows that better than anybody because he worked directly he was the campaign manager but that doesn't mean that you just shut up about it no that's the thing is that it's like, well you can still thing. stand that's out the liberal part you can still it. stand up for what you believe in but the exactly. fact is they don't believe in anything so they can't do right. that yeah um, they believe with whatever the majority who gives them votes believes yeah that's it yeah um, and that's the case with Reno, Fabio, and Chris. The reason they agree with it is because most of their constituents are pissed exactly. off about it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I got things to say about this, okay? Okay. Because we'll get back to the Maddie Marchand thing because I got more to say about that, but you keep going. I, I need to rant, okay. okay? Because I'm really upset about this participation star that we gave, okay? Because I don't give a fuck <laughs> if he's going to be like, oh, we need the hospital downtown. We need help for these poor people. Because there's a billion other ways that he puts poor people at risk. So for him to be like, oh, we need the hospital. Oh, but, you know, it's not all that big of a deal if the cops don't carry naloxone and, like... uh, uh, Anyways, I just needed to vent my frustrations with his participation participation ribbon. Because he's speaking on this because he knows that people agree with it. That's Mm -hmm. the only reason he's standing up for that. And he does the total opposite in regards to keeping poor people downtown safe all the time. So fuck him, and I'm taking back your fucking participation star. (laughs) Fuck you, Rena. Fuck your blue ribbon. <sighs> uh, whatever. Maybe you'll earn star. it another time, but not this time. You had it for a minute there, Reno. I tried. Yeah. No, I take it back. I vetoed that fucking star. So anyway, this... Okay, you can go ahead. Marchand, you may talk now. Marshan talking about how developers have us bent over a knee, and all we're doing... He basically, what he, what he said, and he went on at length about this, how he's like, developers are the ones who run cities. Of course. And, and like, I've, I kind of knew that implicitly... But to hear someone who's worked in a mayoral administration and who's yeah. running for mayor mm-hmm. say it yeah. was, like, very... Not refreshing, because he said a lot of other shitty things. Okay, yeah. Um, but he... But at least it was, a, it was a moment of honesty. It was like, yeah. wow, you do know that right. you have no actual power. Right. And the hospital is going to be built out there, not because people want it or don't want it, but because developers want mm-hmm. it. Now, let's talk a little bit about why. So, we talked a little bit about planned shrinkage. Yeah. Planned plan shrinkage... <laughs> and I a, laughed at the term. Yeah. Plan shrink is, is your big Seinfeld fan. I know that much. Yeah. 
But plan shrinkage is a term that city planners and, and critics of, of gentrification have coined to talk about how they move essential services out of certain areas in order to, to devalue the land around it and to push people out. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to live where there's no schools or hospitals. So yeah. if you take out the schools and hospitals, all the undesirables you don't want around, all them working class and poor people will fucking leave. Right. And that's what they want. They mm-hmm. want those people to leave. And so they deliberately put things in other places, plan shrinkage. They take mm-hmm. city services, essential services, and they put them somewhere else. Right. They take them out entirely. Mm-hmm. And the decision to put the hospital where it is is a very interesting one because there's nothing around it yeah. except land. And that land has been bought by developers who've been sitting on it and waiting for decades Yes. To for it to reach a zenith of, of, of value so they can flip it, sell it, and build on it. Mm-hmm. Now... What raises property value quicker and easier than anything else? A fucking hospital. Any and essential schools services. Yeah. And infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And if you're putting a hospital somewhere, you have to have the infrastructure to get out there. You're going to have to build wider roads and bigger sewers and all the electrical infrastructure, everything else. And now it's all there already. So now we can start building our condos mm-hmm. and our fucking uh, massive real estate developments and all these other things. They use our fucking money... Our money, because it's us that's paying for that fucking hospital, mm-hmm. it's us that's paying for the infrastructure, they use that to raise the fucking property values and then capitalize on it. They literally steal our fucking money to do this. That, And that's the thing that Rose City Politics, and you know, I don't want to shit on Villafuerte because it's a great article, and he does mm-hmm. talk a bit about it, he sort of dances around it a bit, Yeah. but that's the thing that we don't fucking talk about when we talk about the hospital. The only people I've seen talking about it are the camp people. Yeah. Um, and Maddie Marchand, mm-hmm. randomly. So one more thing, then we can move on from that a little bit, or end, or whatever we're going to do. How long have we been talking here? Almost an hour already. Holy so. fuck, we just talked about the hospital. Yeah, so the other thing they said, this was Doug Sartori. I mentioned, we mentioned Doug Sartori on our last, the last episode was just you and I. Rose City Politics host. Yes. I said that I was 98% sure he's a local liberal, like a card-carrying liberal. And now we're 100%. Yeah, he's the president of the Windsor West Liberal Writing Association. Yeah. So he's not just a local liberal. He is the liberal. He's he's actually in a pretty significant position of power mm-hmm. to decide who runs in elections. That's right. what the writing associations do, and he's the president of a writing association. Yeah. So that's big power. Mm-hmm. You could argue more power than the people running in the elections. So Doug Sartori says that he... And he said... I've heard him say this mm-hmm. before on that podcast and elsewhere... That the way that camp talks about, camp and the opposition to the mega hospital, the way that they talk about it is divisive and angry, <laughs> and therefore, that's, uh, why it, that's why they fail. I love when you have opposition to a horrible idea, and then people just say that you're being d- divisive for, uh, yeah. for talking. And a lot of the people who have been vocal, bad. like Philippa and others, are yeah. women. Right. So interesting. Well, you know, us women, we just... <laughs> sometimes we're just hysterical. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, what can you do? And also, I've watched that. I've watched camp. I've done... I've done... Helped them with fundraisers. I've helped out with them at times. Yeah. Uh, they're... They, they are... They are being way fucking nicer and more diplomatic than I would ever be mm-hmm. about that shit. Maybe that's not saying much, but... Yeah. But this idea that it's divisive and that the way they're talking about it is bad is bonkers to me. 
Because A, they're saying people will die because of this decision, and they're fucking right. We have the goddamn evidence. We know that it does kill people to move hospitals away from them, especially when they do not have vehicles to get to hospitals, and they have to rely on public transportation, which also sucks. Mm -hmm. And they have to rely upon... Like, ambulances, which cost fucking 40 bucks a pop just to take. Think about it in, like, the way of, like, let's say that there's a poor person living downtown. So, like, somebody that lives in my building, I know, does not have a car. Last year, they were going through cancer treatments. Mm. So, they had to cab to their cancer treatments. Um, Every week, they had to take a cab to the hospital, which was 20 minutes away um, on Tecumseh Road. Now, let's say somebody's living downtown and they're needing to go to cancer treatments and they're cabbing to a hospital appointment, like a Mm -hmm. fucking 45 minute cab right away. And there are free services. There are volunteers that will come and pick you up. But 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 that's not for everything and it's not always available. And it's not always available. I had to rely on that when Mm -hmm. I was doing my cancer treatment. And like the two times I called, there were no drivers available. Right. Um, and if you move it out there now, it's suddenly your cancer treatment's going to be, you know, you're there at the hospital for five or six hours right. and your now your transit's going to be an hour and a half each way. Yeah. Like there's your whole fucking day yeah. and you feel like and shit. You're, sick. you're riding yeah. the bus with fucking post chemo. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Right. Like there's just, a, there's a fucking million reasons why. Oh my it's... God. And they're obvious. Yeah. The only reason it's happening is because developers want it. That is it. And I wish, for the love of God, that the people who support the idea would just be fucking honest about that fact. Because it's so transparently obvious right. that they're just there, again, sucking the dick of developers all day long. They're fucking pleasure factories for developers. Back and again, this is, where the, this is where the participation trophies come in for our boys in these wards. No. Because at least they're not on that dick-sucking train in this one, very, this one thing. This one thing they're not. Mm. And... Yeah, but they're they're S and the D's on on everything. Well, they love developers in every other way. Right, exactly. Yeah, and they would gladly suck those developers' dick too. They just Mm -hmm. happen to recognize that if they come out against the hospital, they're going to lose the next election. Right. Or if they come out for the hospital project, they're going to lose the next election. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing they give a shit about at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That's it. They'll flip their ideology 180 degrees. Right. It's all about the long game. There's another thing that I want to talk about. This is the Travis episode. I know. I'm going to kill myself. Why am I here? I'm going to go. <laughs> See you later, guys. Well, no. So this is actually... No, this is the thing you I'm wanted... I'm going to go nap with this the This is the thing you here. wanted to talk about. What do you want to talk about? So, now I'm tired. So uh, just to, 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 to segue from the hospital. So we had... I mentioned we had two West End hospitals that no longer exist. There was... Right. I don't know. I'm probably going to fuck up the names, but I think there were St. Joseph's in... Something. Like, I don't know. Way over in the West, like the West West End and Sandwich. Yeah, something. Something hospitals. And then there was a Hotel de Grace... Right. Uh, over here at Crawford and uh, University. Yeah. Where there's now just a big vacant field where the hospital used to sit. Right. So that hospital site, the Grace site, which is owned by the city. Yes. Is now being developed. Yes. And it's being developed by uh, developers, obviously. But um, <laughs> but it's being developed into a, into a housing complex yeah. that's called an international community. Yeah, housing complex, and they're going to have, like, shops and stuff, right? Isn't that yep. the plan? Yeah. And a pool on a roof ooh, ooh, la, of la. the buildings. I'll, I'll totally be able to afford to live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's being built in cooperation between the city and this developing developer company, which um, I'm forgetting the name of Fairmount, I think. This idea that the city's in partnership with 
what they mean is they're going to provide a lot of money to this development company so that they can build this fucking condo complex thing that yeah. no one around here can afford. And it's part of this like wide project over here in the West End, this River West project. It was rebranded River West. It stretches from the river all the way up to Wyandotte and from Crawford to the university. Yeah. And it is like we got the, the big condo on the riverfront. We've got the new condo going in at Crawford and Wyandotte. We've got this development at Crawford and University. We've got across the road the streetcar development that's going to be turned into commercial space. And we've got the Celestial Beacon at the river. Yeah. There's a whole fucking plan for gentrification in this city. Don't forget that fucking billion-dollar flag. So the, the Billion-dollar flag? Like the fucking f- Drew Dilkin fucking Canadian flag that he spent $1 billion on. <laughs> Yeah, fucking giant, giant flag. flag. Yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, that's not really in the West End, but yeah, I mean, well, that is what that's for. I mean, this also extends to, like, downtown. Like, mm-hmm. it's happening downtown as well. But it's I mean, like, specifically the River West yeah. project. So the the company that is uh, developing the uh, gray site is Fairmount Properties. Fairmount they're from, Properties, yeah. They're from Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, so um, this gets into, like, the, how these developers operate. They... They do so. There's this other concept that uh, that um, critics of gentrification call geo bribery, which is basically when cities offer incentives to developers and corporations to set up shop in their area. Um, in the in Windsor, we have these community improvement programs, uh, or community improvement plans. There's several of them, and they are designed to do exactly this. So they give massive tax breaks to developers. They give them like you know, no increases for 10 years or no, like, significant reductions for 10 years if you do X, Y, Z. Bribery. It's like, if you promise to do this one thing, you won't have to pay any money. Mm-hmm. And it hollows at our tax base to, like, crazy fucking degrees. And, like, so there's numbers, there's numbers from New York in this book, this Capital City book, um, that talk about how the tax base is being robbed of, like, $40 billion a year by these geo-bribery schemes. So in Windsor, it's not going to be that high because right. it's a much, much, much smaller city. But there's still going to be probably a similar proportion of the overall city budget. Mm-hmm. Significant amounts of millions of dollars every single year that we are just not getting in tax revenue because it's been given away so that these developers can more easily make profit off of these fucking areas. And, and the infuriating thing is that, like, we could, u- we could develop things. We could develop things. We, we do need some development. But we could develop the city for the people that can actually afford it that are living in the city right mm-hmm. now but they don't do that mm-hmm. it, it nothing's affordable they're not building anything that's affordable right it's fucking and so city planners overpriced bullshit that nobody here can afford right now yeah city planners are caught in this catch-22 and this is why when when people say it can't always be capitalism and, and people on the left are like it's always fucking capitalism. It's always capitalism. This is why you need to destroy capitalism. Here's a really good example of why. City planners, even well meaning ones, these are the people who are usually in charge of this kind of stuff, city planners and counselors and all these other people. They're in a really tough position in a way because they they are choosing between gentrification or divestment. Those are their options under capitalism. There mm-hmm. is no third option. There is no third option. They have to choose one or the other. And of course they're going to choose gentrification because at least at least there's money going into the community rather than coming out of it. Now it's going right into the pockets of developers and it's being reappropriated through rent. But at least it's investment as opposed to divestment. They're given this choice that really 
is impossible. Mm -hmm. And the only way to fix that is to challenge and destroy capitalism and get some other kind of system where private property doesn't have this control over people's lives. So I do understand the position that these counselors are in when they're faced with this, like, one or the other decision. My problem then, of course, becomes that they don't question that. They don't, like, they don't, they don't go, well, you know what, maybe there is a third option, let's explore that. Right. Uh, they just go full steam ahead with gentrification. Well, gentrification never hurt anyone. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to read this passage from this book because it is important. This is a really, like, thing. So, so people will say, like, okay, we got, yeah, we got to invest in communities, right? And so how do you do that, right? Well, maybe you put some trees and nice parks and things in places. But here's the thing. Even those things, bike lanes, parks, trees, parkettes, whatever, raise property value. And so there's actually a lot of people who are trying to resist gentrification in a lot of areas around the world who actually resist and, and, and oppose these measures because they understand what they actually are. There's schemes to raise property values, which doesn't, which ultimately leads to their displacement. And there's this uh, preservationist named Michael Henry Adams. He's a famous preservationist, uh, anti-gentrification activist who did a lot of research on Harlem in New York. So preservationist Michael Henry Adams has chronicled this dynamic as it unfolds in Harlem where he has fought to maintain the tremendous record of black history and culture that is contained in both the neighborhood's agriculture and the memories of its long-term residents, he recounts a conversation between young people in the neighborhood who were coming to terms with the greening of their blocks, so these trees and parks and shit. After speaking with the children about his activism, Adams recalls one telling the others, you see, I told them they didn't plant those trees for us. It was painful to realize who even a kid could see in every new building, every historic renovation, every boutique clothing shop, Indeed, in every tree and every flower and every park improvement, not a life-enhancing benefit, but a harbinger of his own displacement. So the point of that, that Michael Henry Adams thing is that even the things that we see as life-enhancing are like just harbingers of displacement. They're harbingers, harbingers of, of gentrification that eventually kick people out. Um, and so when you are like mistrusting like a new park being built, that's a natural thing, because what will happen is the property values are going to go up along with it. Basically, this is happening all over Windsor and all over every city, everywhere. And one of the ways, another one of the ways that this happens is through where poor people are actually allowed to exist. And we've talked a lot about on this podcast about how that's not really something the city does. They just sort of tell poor people to move along, right? Mm-hmm. So there was another thing that happened a couple weeks ago where the city made a decision regarding shelters and group homes, right? Yes. Is it shelters and group homes? That was a thing. Yeah. July 16th, there's an article. Interim control. Uh, by law to regulate Windsor group homes and shelters. What's that? Uh, AM800? Yeah, this was... Yeah, yeah AM800. It's the same one I got up here. So that's good. So the city of Windsor has placed a freeze on new lodging homes, group homes, and emergency shelters. Um, in, interim uh, control bylaw was approved at Monday night's council meeting. will give the city the power to regulate where group homes and shelters go in the future. <laughs> so uh, Mayor Drew Dokens uh, says group homes and shelters are important. But they shouldn't be allowed to pop up anywhere. Then there's a quote here. He says, We want to make sure that lodging homes and emergency shelters are located in the appropriate places in the cities. There are some today that are probably not in the right location. 
Um, so many people looked at us and said, how could you ever let an emergency shelter locate on your main street? It was a valid question, and we unpacked the answer to that question, and it was clear that they followed all the rules that were in place at that time, says Dokens. So we changed the rules so they can't do it again. And, like, the thing that, like, really irks me about this is why right now are they looking at this? Mm -hmm. Why right now are they like, hmm, we really need to put our foot down about shelters that go up in the future. It's because they know that the climate right now is going to breed the necessity for more fucking shelter soon. Because mm-hmm. they know that everyone is fucking broke. Nobody can afford to live in the city. There's no jobs. And we're going through a fucking economic crisis right now. And there's about to be people kicked out of their homes left and right because of the pandemic. So now at this fucking time, when everybody's broke and unable to survive, they're like, hmm, I think we really need to put our foot down about where these shelters that we're obviously going to need are going to go in the future. Yeah. Infuriating. So instead of, like, acknowledging that we need to do something to help people not become homeless, they're like, yeah, I think we need to make sure that the shelters that we're inevitably going to need soon are, like, tucked away out of uh, the sight of people who pay taxes on their houses downtown. Right. And so, like, the mission the mission is right downtown. It's mm-hmm. on Polisher... No, it's on Victoria. Victoria, Between Victoria yeah. and Polisher mm-hmm. on, uh, like, right in a downtown. And in a, in, a block, in a block where, you know, the city is very concerned about putting up some new nice condos. Yes. There's a new nice condo going up right across the road from the mission, yeah. right beside the other mission right. building. Why might the mission and other outreach centers exist in the downtown core? Why would you think that they're there? That's where they fucking need to be. That's where fucking poor people are. They're near the other city services that they require. If you move shelters to fucking where? I don't know, the county? Right. That's not going to fucking... Nobody's going to go there and use them because... That's the, that's the thing that's so infuriating is they don't want homeless people outside. They, you know, such an eyesore seeing a homeless person. Apparently, that's sarcasm. I don't think that. They're not going to go stay in a shelter that's out of the core away from essential services they need to be in that area yeah so then the other thing that's so infuriating about this is that i pulled the meeting the minutes from the meeting and it says the scope of the proposed land use study is beyond the capacity of the planning division and will require the hiring of one or more consultants to conduct the study including feedback from stakeholders and the public Mm. bullshit stakeholder that word stakeholders it gives me ptsd hard (gasps) Okay, so it goes on. It says, the cost for this initiative is estimated to have an upset limit of $100,000. It is proposed that the study be funded $45,000 from Sandwich So Secondary Plans Capital Project. <sighs> and $55,000 from the Comprehensive Zoning Bylaw Capital Project. Both projects Capital currently project. have adequate available uncommitted balances to, contrib- to contribute as suggested. So they're saying, hey, we have this $100,000. Um, it, it, we don't need it for anything. It's just like, you know, it's like finding a $10 bill in your pocket. Let's just fucking hand it out, do a little study, just to cover our asses when we push this bullshit through. W- what sort of things could we use that $100,000 for that wouldn't just displace homeless people? So there, like, I have a, like, there's a lot of things I could say that would actually ruin whatever bullshit ability I'm going to have to get hired as an academic in the future, so I'm not going to say them. But there was a study that Say, there was the there was a study that was committed by by uh, by a woman named Sydney Chapados, who's an excellent researcher and incredible mm-hmm. smart person. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, she did this this project, this exact project they're talking about. Yeah. They, she they yeah, already she fucking did it. Yeah, I saw. They already comment, fucking yeah. did it. 
And she found that, yeah, you have to put these places where people are. Mm-hmm. Because, duh, this isn't even a fucking study. Do you need a study to tell you that? Right. Um, and weird that I wasn't involved in that study. But that's a whole other thing that I'm not going to get into. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I am one of the only people in uh, southwestern Ontario who researched this stuff. But I wasn't even asked to be on oh, that one. Okay. Weird one. Weird one. What'd you do? Oh. Well, I'm, you piss off? I'm a fucking leftist. They don't want me on there. That's and so true. is Sydney, which is funny. They, they, yeah. The person they hired is the younger leftist. Right. Um, but like, Maybe they're a little more smooth about it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sydney's much more diplomatic than I yeah. am. And effective, therefore. Yeah. Um, but so what's interesting, like, he says it. He says it right here. Some of uh, the, the problem is that some of these are not and are probably not in the right location right now. They want to fucking move poor people out of the core because that's mm-hmm. where all the valuable land is. Mm-hmm. They don't give a flying fuck about these people. We just want the ability to decide where they go and we'll push them out. We'll do some planned shrinkage. We'll yeah. take all these services that people need and we'll throw them out somewhere else so those people leave. Right. They're, they're honest about it. Mm-hmm. They're fucking telling you right there in that article. Yeah. That is gentrification. Yes. That is, that is like one of the wheels of gentrification that... That, that exists. And, and that's just one of the puzzle pieces, right? Because if you look at all the other things happening, there's that. So they're trying to move all the poor people out, which they've not been shy about not wanting mm-hmm. the poor people downtown. Um, and then combine that with all the buildings going up that are way out of anybody's price range. Like, it's just, it all it's all connected. Like... Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, the geo-bribery that I was talking about mm-hmm. that, that happens, like... Um, one of the things that's often attached to, well, you can have these tax incentives and tax breaks if, is this idea of affordable housing. Right. Which is also the buzzword that you'll hear, lo- not just local libs, but like yeah, everyone. Everywhere. Everyone. Just throw it around and yeah. everyone just smiles and says, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, affordable sure. housing. Yeah, we need to build yeah. more affordable housing. I'll right. vote for that person. Right. Because it sounds a good thing. Yeah. Those words... Affordable housing. Affordable to who? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> they, they mean something specific, mm-hmm. right? They So there's actually a definition of affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, the way we have it set up in Canada, and I'm not sure if it's the provincial or the federal government, but they allow municipalities to define what they mean by that term. Right. And that it is enshrined in some kind of, like, city policy. Yeah. What that means. When they say affordable housing, it does mean something. It's not, right. just, a, it's not just a nothing word. Mm-hmm. And so different municipalities define it differently. Mm-hmm. But the one the one thing that has to be part of it is that it's tied to market value. Right. So in Toronto, for instance, anything that's below market value in rent is considered affordable housing. Fifty <laughs> percent. The average I the average market value. I wouldn't be able to afford fifty percent of market value in Toronto. Well, yeah, that's about what we pay as an average here is about fifty percent right. of Toronto. Yeah. So like, imagine someone telling you that your one bedroom apartment that's sixteen hundred dollars a month is affordable. <laughs> By the definition set up by the yeah, municipality. Yeah, by the definition, yeah. In Windsor, we're not much better. Yeah. Ours is still, it has to be tied to the market. Yeah. Ours is 80% of the right. average market value. So it's a little better than Toronto's. It's still fucking outrageous. Well, so I did some, I did some numbers. I looked up some numbers. I did some numberings. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, lo- I just looked it up. I looked up to the best I could the average housing costs right now yeah. in Windsor. So right now, a one-bedroom apartment. In the city center, so in Ward 2, Ward 3, Ward 4. Yeah. The average um, the average one-bedroom apartment is $923. That's up 
25% in two years. Mm -hmm. That would make anything below $738 a month right. affordable. I, I can't afford my $650 right now. Yeah, we both live in affordable housing right yeah. now. And we can't survive. <laughs> We're poor. It's yeah, okay. Compare <laughs> I'm that. I'm gonna lose my apartment. Com yeah, it's a real same. thing. Um, Since the service who, gone. Whoever wants us to move in with them. Yeah. Separately, because I can't look at his face for too long. But. I got three cats, and you got like. Oh yeah. Cat and a dog. Yeah. So. <laughs> so if you compare, this, seven hundred, you know, rough dollars for affordable housing, mm -hmm. and then you compare that to what somebody gets for ODSP. Oh, God. Like, some of the lowest incomes are going to be people on ODSP or Ontario Works. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the same amount of money. Yeah. You still can't afford... You can't who afford are it. Who are these low-income people? Because the people with, like, the lowest income still can't afford affordable yeah. housing in Windsor. Yeah. And even you who are... You, like, you're not currently working, but you... Most of the time I've known you, you've had some kind of full-time employment, and yeah. you still can't afford your fucking no. apartment. No! <laughs> And now, so, like, right now, I'm on EI. I'm on CERB. It's right. the only thing keeping, keeping me going. I'm on EI at, like, base EI, because I didn't qualify for CERB. Mm -hmm. Holy fuck. And I'm getting probably $600 more than somebody on Ontario Works. Yeah. How are these people surviving? What do they expect them to do? Yeah. It's insanity. So, this is a question that I've often brought up to Reno and others when they talk mm -hmm. about it. Because they'll just throw out the words affordable oh, housing. Yeah. Without, and, then, and then my response, at least up until a couple of years ago, was always... Have we looked at the definition of affordable housing and right. maybe critiqued that? Yeah. No response. Of course not. Um, it's a quick little thing that they can throw out and it makes them seem nice and it's going to grab them yeah. votes. Now, so I'm going to get a little conspiratorial for a second. Mm. I like this. Let's put up, put up. So if you <laughs> tie the definition... <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what? Did you just like... Bra, bra? Is that what you were fucking doing? I choked on the vape. <laughs> Don't vape. Don't this vape, is, kids. This is the worst episode. Don't vape, kids. Yeah, this is a rough one. It's fine. We needed one of these. We had too many. We had a run of too many good ones. It's fine. There's good information in here. We're we're good. Oh fuck. So anyway. <laughs> so I'm gonna get I'm conspiratorial. Uh, yeah. So, so what I was gonna say, what I tried to say, was we have to put on the tinfoil hats. Okay, <laughs> but it came up. <laughs> Don't don't vape, kids. Don't vape. Uh, don't do it. Put it down. Put the vape down. Um, okay, continue. Okay, so, so I'm going to get conspiratorial for a second. When you tie the definition of affordable housing to the market, who then is in control of what is considered affordable? Who sets market rates? Fucking landlords and developers. Mm -hmm. So, like... It's not even conspiratorial. It's no, just the it's way not. It is. It's just facts. So when I was you waiting have, for the good conspiracy theory. When I, you have, it's going to be juicy. When you have cities giving geo bribery tax incentives to developers, who then work with cities to raise property values, which raises rents, which raises the definition of affordable housing, which displaces fucking poor people. How is when you crow about? Oh, we're going to dedicate ourselves to building more affordable housing. How is that fucking helpful? How is it fucking helpful? Unless you change the definition of affordable housing to something actually meaningful mm -hmm. and that can actually be controlled by people in a democratic setting instead of just by fucking landlords. Right. Fuck affordable housing is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, as a definition. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of good organizations. As like, the definition stands now here. Yeah. yeah. 
So if you want to, if you're planning on running in the next local election and you want a platform idea, I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe make that part of your platform. Maybe change and question and critique the definition of affordable housing and build public and community housing instead, because then the city has control over the rent in those places instead of it being set by the nebulous market. And also, if you had community and publicly owned housing and, and the city controlled the rent and therefore probably kept it lower, that would drag the market value down and therefore make affordable housing more affordable. Right. You can use this for your uh, mayoral platform. Oh, yeah. my my. <laughs> I'm literally just going to do what that guy in New York did. The rent is too damn high. Remember oh, that guy? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it. His response to every question and everything was... The rent is too damn high. Rent is too damn high! <laughs> I'd vote for him. Fuck yeah! Sounds awesome. Fuck yeah, I want that. Yeah, yeah I want, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah, run for mayor. Do just do it. The rent is too damn high party. We'll change the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the rent, to the rent is too damn high. Yeah. That might be copyrighted. It is too damn high. It is, and, and like I feel sort of bad about complaining about it in Windsor because we do have cheaper rent, but it's going up so quickly here. Yeah. And it's not like we have jobs here that pay money. Mm-hmm. Everybody working here is in the fucking service industry and we're making minimum wage. Right. So, like, who is paying this rent? Who are the people they're trying to attract and who are the people they're trying to displace? And who's going to work in their fucking bars and their Starbucks and their right. fucking dollar stores when no one lives here anymore who can fucking work those jobs Well, then and what live? happens is you end up having to live far away and then busing for fucking two hours to get to your minimum wage job. That's exactly yeah. what ends up happening on a shitty transit system that's also yeah. underfunded because the city doesn't have any money because well, they gave it all to developers. Well, they're now, <laughs> now that they're doing all of this uh, gentrification, now they're for, they're forking money into the transit system. So how long have yeah, we been saying right. we need better public transit, we need better, better public transit, they ignore it for fucking years, and now all of a sudden that they're displacing all the homeless people from the core, or all the poor people from the core... Now, all of a sudden, they've got an extra 25 grand to throw at transit. Yeah. But where were they when it was literally it's 25 just million, people? isn't it? That was 25 million. Yeah. yeah Did yeah. I say thousand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Million. million. Yeah. And that's like, okay, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up the thing you hate. The Do Rose, it. The Rose City oh, Politics God, thing. Oh, God, I'm going to kill myself. Because again, the one guy they have on there, Don Merrifield Jr., who I think is conservative, but I don't listen enough to know or care. Um, he was questioning whether or not that was a good investment. Right. And and none and neither of the other hosts were like calling him out on how classist that opinion is. Mm. Which is annoying. Right. And one of the things that liberals suck at is taking into account class politics. Transit is for fucking poor people. Right. <laughs> you invest in it because it actually has a demonstrable effect on helping people in poverty get out of poverty. Right. But that's not what they care about. It's also not what that twenty five million dollar investment is doing. No. But that's another podcast topic. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to do your fucking dumb sign-off? And I'll... I'll... What's... Uh, the sign-off? I post the memes on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Alright, folks, that was the fifth episode of This Is False. If you uh, want to follow us on everything, you can do that now. Uh, we have all kinds of social media. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, all at This Is False Pod. We also now have a TikTok account, which uh, Pam Spanish is doing her best to fill with content. I'm sure you'll see my dumb, ugly face on it too at some point. If you want to email us, you can do so at This Is False This Is False Podcast 
at protonmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you have something to say, knowledge that you want to drop, uh, you know, we're going to be looking for guests. We're going to want people on this thing. So, uh, you know, let us know. Let us know if you want that. And um, happy Emancipation Day. Happy belated Emancipation Day. And um, we'll see you next week with, uh, hopefully, with an interview with a local uh, worker who's had to work during the pandemic and is going to share her experiences. So uh, hopefully we have that up for you next week. All right. Talk to you then.